As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, yours. Honestly, it feels sort of like this should be the show that we're doing before the Super Bowl. It feels like we, at this point, like we don't need another bye week. I at least don't need another week to get ready for another Super Bowl, but that's not the case. We're here now just a little over a week away from, as you know, you may be contractually obligated to call it, the big game. And uh, we'll talk about it and all the stories that have unfolded over the course of this week here on Times Ours. I'm going to remember to introduce us all today. I'm Joshua Briscoe alongside Nate Taylor and Seth Kaiser. If you're new to the show, this is not usually how it starts. This is more put together than usual, <laughs> which is a nice change of pace. No, it's all good. It's uh, it's not Super Bowl week just yet. We're just 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 easing into this thing, slow slowly rising to the occasion, right, Seth? Yeah, maybe slowly <laughs> rising. I. <laughs> I, I like that idea. Man, I, I don't have a good response to that. So I've now thrown off what was a very smooth start into oh. me going, I die, die, die. Hey, Seth, what were you? Hey, Seth, what were you doing whenever uh, Nate and I were talking? What were you doing, actually? <laughs> Tell us. Tell the people what you were I doing, don't know Seth. what you mean. What were you doing whenever I was introing the show? I was replying to a tweet by on- Chris Jones, Josh. Is that what you want to hear? That's exactly Is that what right. you want to hear? That's ex- Yes. <laughs> You just I just wanted you to admit that you were responding to a tweet from Chris Jones after we hit record. Like right at the jump. Were you not expecting the ball? Yeah, it usually takes a little bit longer. We're not normally a fast break team. That's he, true. That's true. This we we will dent the floor with just dribbling. <laughs> he, just just one at a time. He, he heard cool. Chris Jones in row eight and was like, wait, what? <sighs> yeah, man, you do your thing. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. Exactly. I just, yeah, yeah. Someone was in row eight and I just started staring. Nate threw me the ball. It hit me in the side of the face, but it stayed in bounds. <laughs> but we're just going to slowly rise. We're going to slowly rise. You know, it's about, <laughs> it's about, uh, it's about getting the next week somehow, some way. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now if you're new to the show, this is yep. usually how it starts. We've given you both sort of our fake front and then also the truth behind the curtain. And it usually starts with Seth tweeting during the show because he's just so, so busy. busy. He's just got to also tweet Chris Jones. I bet I bet he'll respond to you, Seth. I'll bet I bet I'll text you back. I bet he'll send you a ring if they win it all. Yeah, that would be surprising. But you know what? Maybe. You just retweeted <laughs> yourself, and that was why you responded that way. I have tweet deck open, oh, Seth. Oh, man. You were retweeting you... yourself when I threw it to so you. So this is what happens when people start to get to know each other too well. <laughs> so my my wife has figured out that I generally, I don't have a lot of things that I can do that most other people can't. I'm, I'm aggressively mediocre in almost all walks of life. One area that I'm blessed is even if I'm not paying attention, I can usually, while I, while I, you know, just kind of stall for 10 seconds or five seconds even, I can rewind what just got said to me, catch what's necessary uh-huh. to form some sort of cogent response and respond. The problem is I, I have that delay, 
right? While I'm rewinding it in mm-hmm. my head. And my wife has noticed that. <laughs> and so the moment I'm, yes, Josh, you're being actively like compared to my wife right now. Um, yeah, we've, I've, I've talked to you more than I've talked to most people in my life over the last several yeah. years. So I, get and it. so I, I, it just happens. And so now she'll hear it in my voice where I'm just like, well, you know, I, I, and she goes, wait, stop it. Stop <laughs> rewinding what I'm saying. Stop it. I'm going to say a bunch of words. so You can't remember it anymore. And it's, it, it's, it's a whole lot of fun, but yeah. Welcome to times ours. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. Well, listen, this was an intro. At least shows off the ground, huh? We got the blood pumping. Fine. Uh, let's talk about some of the stuff that happened a little bit earlier today. And and I will say, honestly, I mean, we've got like a real injury report. We had a theoretical injury report, a real thing <laughs> that the Chiefs put out. <laughs> the, the Chiefs and Bucks both put out a theoretical injury. If we would have practiced today, here's what probably would have happened. A real thing that hit the internet. Um, but we got a real practice today, a real injury report today, real press conferences today. Um, most of the questions it seems like ended up being about Twitter, which seems fitting for how yep. the show started today. But Nate, did, did anything stand out to you? Seth, stop tweeting. <laughs> here's, here's what jumped out to me. Um, it's, it's a great time when you've made the Super Bowl and you can just start to be a little more honest than NFL <laughs> protocol would like for you to be at a podium. <laughs> and Chris Jones was like, Oh, I read everything. And I was like, do you? Uh-huh. Because for three ninety nine, sir, have you have you looked at that athletic app? I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so Chris Jones was like, "I read everything." Cool. Uh, Tyreek Hill was like, "I don't really like. I just like competing." Even though, like, literally, for I will dunk on my grandma. Yeah, he said he said he was playing volleyball with his grandma and got competitive it, about it. Yeah, it was very interesting. <laughs> and, and of course, that's in light of what Scotty Miller is saying, which is you know, the, the Buccaneers couldn't stay quiet for three days. For three <laughs> days. Uh, Scotty Miller says he's faster than Tyreek Hill. Good luck, sir. Um, somewhere Carlton Davis is still sweating because stop talking. Um, <laughs> so, look, Patrick Mahomes was like, I guess we were upset that we didn't win by too many points. Uh, uh-huh. So, <laughs> look, it's good to know that when you get to the Super Bowl, you know, you know what? I can't remember the phrase, but like it got it's it's, you know. It's starting to get real. Welcome to, I guess, this like weird version of the season where it's just like, hey, you know, we're we're not gonna be traveling. We're not really in like game week yet. But I listen to everything. I see everything. I read everything. And please say something in the next seven to eight days so that I could be even more motivated to win a back to back championship. Like that was kind of the undertone of the message today uh that didn't include andy mm-hmm. reed andy reed was like look looking forward to the challenge mm-hmm. nobody's yep. hurt except for eric fisher which you already knew they're a good team <laughs> that was, like, josh ask me a question uh are you yes. andy reed here and yes, know what I, what I call it. coach coach obviously you know you face this team uh, earlier in the year, and and they've really been hot since then. You guys have also, of course. Uh, you know what did what have you seen from them since that game, and how are you gonna you know prepared to to take on an evolved version of them in the Super Bowl? Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Jess. Um, look, they're a good team. They're 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 a really good team. <laughs> I I can't say enough how they're how much they're a good team. Uh, <laughs> close game last time. Glad we won. Probably buying the cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. They're a good team. <laughs> coach, 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 uh, coach, real quick follow up. Hey, Brad, can I get one more? Hey, Brad, thanks, Brad. Uh, coach, uh, Eric Bieniemy looks like he's not going to get a head coaching yeah. job again this year. David Coley, you know, former Good man. assistant, yeah. did. Uh, what, did you, what did you think when you saw, you know, one former assistant got the job, but also, you know, one currently understaffed? Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I'm happy that he's here, but I'm, but I'm not happy because he's not, he didn't get hired in one of the leadership roles. Look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anybody's name in terms of owners, but look, you know, uh the Texans are a good team. <laughs> coach, coach, are are the Texans a good team? 
Look, there's a, there's a good man down there who's going to uh, who's <laughs> gonna good... gonna do a lot of things, and they're 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 a good team. You know, they're, they're a good team. They're professionals. They're they're a professional team. I'm not going to say anything. Hi, uh, Diana Rosini. Good to see you. Good to see you. I'm not going to say anything. They're a good team. Okay, moving forward. Um, Let's. <laughs> this is coach, coach, coach. Back here in the back of the Zoom. Hi, are you guys playing the Super Bowl next Sunday? <sighs> Yeah, we're, I mean, we're looking. We're we're we just started practicing again, and uh, you know what can I say? Um, played them before. We know how good they are. Uh, said that a couple times. <laughs> he said that a couple times a day. We know how good they are. I would, I would, I, I'm sure you do, Andy. Um, Coach, actually, just one more for you. Um, do you do you think that Tom Brady is is going to be a problem? Uh, do you do you think he's pretty good? Look, I've seen a lot of quarterbacks in my day. And uh, how long I don't know. Do he's a good. He's a good guy. You know. He's, <laughs> he's a good guy. Okay. He's, uh, he's a good no. quarterback. What if we did this for forty-five. What if we did this for forty-five? Oh my gosh! Minutes? Can you imagine the all oh, the uh, reviews? Oh, uh, they were great uh, until January twenty-eighth, two thousand twenty-one. I just think Super Bowl. If you want to know how absurd the you know Super Bowl and the NFL are, the fact that they're putting out hypothetical injury reports is hilarious. Like, we didn't Crazy. practice, but had we practiced today, they would he have would've. been limited, or they would have. <laughs> I mean, that's so stupid. Um, I I'm really enjoying this iteration of the chiefs which people think is funny right now but if they keep it up especially if they win again people are going to turn on it like non-chiefs fans that is like chiefs fans are going to love it but non-chiefs fans are going to get tired of the pettiness real quick and i am so Mm -hmm. here for it they are the villains they are the bad guys they just rip the hearts out of two great fan bases and laughed while they did it and made the Bills so mad while they did it. And I'm here for it. So mm-hmm. it's just fun. Like you said, the, the with the Buccaneers, it's like, man, Scott Miller, like you, what are you, just, why are you talking? Like, just, just, uh, do you think you could beat Tyreek Hill in a foot race? How hard is it to say, oh, I don't know, that dude's pretty fast. How hard is that? Like, this isn't hard. Here, you know what? This will be, this could be our theme for the day. Nate, ask me if I can beat Tyreek Hill, Tyree Hill in a foot race. You know, Seth, there's been a lot of talk this week about <laughs> you and Tyreek Hill for some reason. Oh, I don't I know. know why. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been weird. <laughs> just just your thoughts on what a player he is. And look, there's there's been speculative, you know, sort of reporting on Twitter by I don't know who that maybe you guys would, uh, you know, for kickoff, get in a race. Your thoughts? Oh, Man, you know, Ty- Tyreek Hill is a great player. Um, really good all-around player. Uh, deserves every accolade he's gotten. Uh, fast guy. I mean, who knows? You know, normally I- I'd bet on myself against almost anyone, but that guy's real fast. So, you know, <laughs> maybe one day we'll get to see. Who knows? So you and Steph are hardest- right? We can we can schedule that in two weeks? <laughs> Yeah, you know, Stefan Diggs, great player. Great you know, player. deserves every accolade he's gotten. Um, you know, really good guy. I- I'd bet on myself against almost anyone, but you know, he's real fast, so who knows? You know, like this isn't hard. Just caveat it. Just it- it's like whenever I do like a-, a film analysis of like a college prospect, I've had people call me out for like hedging my bets. And it's like, of course I am, because they- I don't have a crystal ball. It's like, hey, if this stuff holds up then that looks good. If it doesn't, and eh, not so much. Like, this isn't hard to do. And I don't understand how anyone who has watched the Chiefs from the outside in for the last year has not seen what a petty, petty, petty group of humans that they admitted to reading Twitter to get motivation. Two, two things. That's like... Two things, oh. Josh. Two things, Josh. Uh, did Tyreek Hill say the phrase bulletin board material today in the most hilarious manner that I've ever heard the word, the phrase uttered? <laughs> and now, for anyone who didn't hear that, can you go ahead and just give us sort of how you heard it? <sighs> what, what they call that, huh? What they call that? Bullet, bulletin board material? <laughs> <laughs> he added syllables. It was strange. <laughs> he... He he's having fun. He also he also hates he also hates the media, but, but not, not you guys, guys on the Zoom. Zoom. You guys not are you fine. guys. I love you not guys. You, not you guys on the Zoom. You guys Did he say that? know me. You know, but yeah, yeah, that ha- that also <laughs> happened. Yeah. Can we can we acknowledge that in the middle of the game while they were you know curve stomping the Bills on offense? Uh, yeah, they were. Tyree Hill and Travis Kelsey were like they must have forgotten about us, and I'm like, who has forgotten 
y'all. But, you know, it's good to know that that's what they're using to get back to the Super Bowl. And I can't wait to hear what happens if they win as to, like, what, you know, sort of how they were doubted, um, even though they're the betting favorite by, you know, standard back-to-back title contenders. Um, I... <laughs> I don't know what they're going to use, Josh, it... but they're going to use something, and that's that's the most interesting thing, honestly, is, like, what is going to be said over the next seven days to where these people, you know, uh, get a little, you know, they dig really deep to find um, whatever could come out because I, I think... I think it was it was it was smart of Scotty Miller to do this early because I'm sure he had a nice little chit chat with Tom Brady after the fact, and <laughs> ain't nobody gonna do that, or they shouldn't uh, moving forward. But we have really reached the semantic part of the of Super Bowl preparation. Where yes. hey, what what they call that? <laughs> he literally asked what they call that, and then said what it was. So just hilarious. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I just this is I this was literally like the whole press conference today. If, if you're thinking like why are they spending so much, it's literally it's all we got today. It was basically this conversation over and over again. Chris Jones and listen, Chris, Chris Jones may be listening to this podcast right now, but Chris Jones saying that he reads everything. I know you mentioned no, this already, Nate, but saying that 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 he he just he's out here. He sees every tweet. He's reading everything. We know Tyron Matthew. You look at Tyron Matthew's tweets after the game. He's quote tweeting people who have used his name and have not tagged <laughs> him. So like these dudes are out. They they are absolutely out here looking for it. Like I've we've talked about this on the show before. I joked about this on Twitter that uh, the fact that Chris Jones reads everything that he sees on Twitter and then takes it all very personally means that Chris Jones and I have at least one thing in common, and that's you know based on a true story. <laughs> but I but even even in the last like I don't know and within the last year maybe I've kind of just been able to like pare down the number of notifications I get whenever someone is tweeting me about any number of annoying things simply by muting Seth like that took a huge chunk out of it. But like that's a joke Seth, I'm sorry. Are you still here? Are you no, mad it's at me? That's fine. Whatever. I'm just the punching bag. Okay. Are you tweeting again? Be I honest. was reading about GameStop. Which was also mentioned today, not not referenced gonna, directly, almost, but was alluded to by by who, Josh? Uh, by Patrick Mahomes alluded to it. Patrick Mahomes should buy GameStop. That would be like one way to really like blow up the internet right now. This is not financial advice. Sorry, I had to, I'm, I'm here to protect you, Seth. That is not financial advice to Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. If he did do it, it would be really cool for a bunch of us. I mean, for a bunch of people, maybe maybe or maybe not, including me. With my two my two shares of GameStop stock, can I publicly disclose that? Did I need to give bleeped out? Eh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. I don't know. I, whatever. <laughs> Danielle's uh, gonna be like that, redacted. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if people will be able to guess what what meme stock I currently own two <laughs> shares of. Well, yeah, that'll be a real curveball. But we'll keep them guessing. Ah. Uh, God, it's just the the fact though that that like he like Chris Jones and Tyron Matthew both very clearly are like looking for that stuff on the internet is wild because that's not that's not healthy for like at least most people and if it's working for them I mean good go for it but that is a crazy thing to think about just how how many tweets they have to be getting at all times and to say that you see all of them that's a part time job (laughs) I I just I'm here for it man. I'm here for all the petty. I'm here for all the hyperbole. I have read every negative tweet about me over the last five <laughs> years. 
And I just like, it was so hard for me. Like, you know, I saw that and I was so tempted to like, I'm just going to start, I'm going to start adding him. I'm going to be that person. I'm going to at him when people yeah. criticize him, which I, I just, I hate that people do that because these athletes get enough crap as it is. And, but I just, I love that they use it as motivation because you have to, um, you have to grab onto stuff. There's a reason MJ was the way he was because after they won a couple in a row and he was very clearly the best player that the NBA had ever seen, like everyone knew it, you know, like in 92, like they were like trying to fashion up like this Clyde Drexler. Hey, Clyde Drexler. Yeah. Yeah. Clyde, you know, Clyde does everything MJ does. And you know what, Nate, he shoots the three ball. He shoots the three ball. Like MJ can't, MJ can't do it. And you know, Clyde might be a little better on defense. And then, I mean, you look for things to motivate and then MJ, seriously, that might go down in time as maybe the greatest evisceration of a supposed rival in history. In 24 minutes, he, oh, it was, he murdered a man. <laughs> it was so mean. And Clyde was like, like barely hitting the backboard on his shot. It was bad. Um, but you need to grab at those things. I've read a bunch of books on those Jordan Bulls because that's when I was like a really big NBA fan. I was more a Jordan fan. And he talks about that. There's a reason why he grabbed onto that stuff. Even like, like Scottie Pippen has been quoted on that. And he wasn't nearly as insane as Michael was (laughs) because he just wasn't. But like even Dennis Rodman, who was insane, but in a different way. Was, was insane. But they, they grab onto things because eventually when you've won, like you, you, it's hard to grab onto stuff anymore. Like it's hard to find that same emotional oomph because you've been to the top of the mountain and so you got to start seeing enemies everywhere and i'm just i'm here for it guys i'm here for it if they win it all again and i think they've got a good chance i'm here for it when they come in next year and they're just like nobody believes in us it's like you're going through for a three-peat guys everyone believes in you right now and i'm just here for it because people are going to get mad and it's just the next phase of going from like villain to super villain yeah uh, villain is super villain is not a, not a bad way to put it. You've written about it up in the, the Chief of the North newsletter, some just sort of like the villainous role and, and you know, as you said earlier, curb stomping some excellent fan bases. That that, that evolution is 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 happening now. Um, one thing, though, that I would like to talk about is sort of a, uh, you know, the, the Thursday before the actual beginning of the real yeah. Super Bowl week. Something that you and I talked about a little bit on uh, on 810 this week, Seth, and, and something I've seen pop up in a couple places. I, I'm certainly not going to be the first one to bring this up, but I do think it's really interesting. Whenever you whenever you look at sort of, you know, you mentioned Jordan, you mentioned the, the narratives about being a villain and all of that. Whenever you look at what the legacy of this team, and more specifically Patrick Mahomes, mm. is going to be, this Super Bowl is going to have an outsized impact on what that will ultimately be in yep. retrospect. Because you're either going to have Tom Brady winning his seventh ring and one of them in a head-to-head direct matchup with Patrick Mahomes, which basically counts for double, right? If he ends with seven, but Mahomes ends with seven, but Tom Brady gave Patrick Mahomes his first two playoff losses and and took two rings from him in two years, like those those are all going to get mixed up altogether because we we didn't get we didn't get uh you know LeBron's first final the. If if the someone else said it this way, and so I apologize for just straight up feeling this, because I can't remember who it was. But but in, instead of losing to the Mavericks, if LeBron's first title would have been losing to to the Jordan yep. Wizards, that would have changed. That would have changed the narrative around those dudes forever. And we're kind of getting that. Brady never had to beat. Uh, never had to no, beat Joe not. Montana no, in a Super didn't. Bowl. And this would be this would be such an interesting and it's going to be such an you, interesting unique case study where that you is know whose actually fault happening. that is. That's Tom Brady's fault. That's on you, sir. <laughs> if you would have just stopped being so dang great at football and retired five years ago, we wouldn't have this problem. You see what Peyton Manning did? Yeah. Peyton Manning won, and he got about it. He got about it there. Yep. Um, because well, yeah. he saw these young whoopersnappers was coming. It's it's the it's the greedy petty ones like Tom Brady who can't help themselves. <laughs> From stop playing, so it's on. It's on Tom Brady's fault. And shout out to Nick Wright because that's who mentioned it. You're welcome. Thank you. And, and Tom deserves all the credit in the world for understanding. You know, he, I think he saw what happened last year in New England. He saw he's no longer a quarterback that can, you know, drag a bad offense to being very good and a and a good offense to being great. But what he can do 
is join a team with a really good offensive-minded coach, a good offensive line, great receivers, convince Gronk to come out of retirement and get into shape again. Mm -hmm. He can do those things, and they already had a great defense in place. He was smart. Like, if if there weren't a situation like the Buccaneers available, I'm curious if Brady would have left New England or if maybe he just would have retired. Because winning matters Mm -hmm. to him. A lot. This dude would not have left New England to go to um, even like, I don't think, Indy or something like that. Because I don't think it's coincidence he also ended up in the NFC. Tom Brady's not dumb. Um, <laughs> he's just not. And I think with Indy, they, they've got a perfectly good roster, but their defense isn't nearly as good. And I, th- I think he's a smart guy. I think he understands how this works. And so they really, the legacy stuff, some of the things you're saying, Josh, I, I'm sure there's some listeners that are like, well, that's not fair. Like that people would view it that way. I agree. It's stupid. Quarterbacks don't play other quarterbacks, but you know what? When you're talking about who the goat is, fair flies out the window. It's not going to be fair yeah. at all because you're picking nits. That, that's by definition what you're going to do. It's like every year, you know, after this year, I'm going to write about ways Patrick Mahomes can get better. What am I going to write about? I have no idea. Because <laughs> everything I've written about the last two off seasons, he's gotten way better at. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. You need needs to be more petty, I guess. I, I don't have anything. I got nothing. I got, um, I got but I'll I got, think I got one suggestion for you, Seth. If this yeah. man learns how to slide, he unlocks the universe. <laughs> <laughs> he really is bad at sliding. Kelsey's even commented on that. Like, yeah, it's and he yeah, played yeah, baseball. Yeah, that doesn't yeah, make yeah, any sense. How to slide, dude. Maybe because it's not dirt. I don't know. So I would just say I mean, they're not fair. It's not a fair analysis, but it's what people are going to say. And when you're talking about goat arguments, majority rules. That's that's it. It's not about who has the best argument. It's about what the majority says. And if Brady get for one getting to seven, it would make it really hard for Mahomes to catch him. It'll be really hard to catch six. Yep. Yeah. If he's got two, yeah. you know, you're a third of the way there. That's an important number, according to Troy Aikman. Um, <laughs> you've, <laughs> you see, we're petty on times ours. Just Troy like Aikman Mahomes. thought he could live another day. <laughs> I listen. I just want to say, I, I just, I never heard from him. He said to talk to him then, and I, I tried. <laughs> Man, I'm sure he's very busy. I did retweet his. He's, uh, he's doing some sort of sponsorship with an avocado company. And I did retweet that just so people can make Troy Aikman's delicious guacamole. That sounds. That was an olive branch. It was just an olive branch. See, I was just reaching out. I'm trying see, to unite, that, you know, in these, that, in these divided that's kind times. Of you. And the, so, so the <laughs> the legacy stuff. I need to make. I need to make. I need to make Troy Aikman's guacamole at some point. Don't yeah, I? I have yeah, that might help. I, I have no choice. But what if you make it and you hate it? Step by step video <laughs> evidence of this, and get. No, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have pull, to film and make pull this. Pull Martha Stewart out there. Get, get her to uh, compliment you on the on the uh, on the execution. You know, man. Nah, this I, is gonna. Happen. I just want to let you know, Josh, that the people on Twitter have a lot of things they want me to say to you right now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed. Uh, yeah, time of ahead. possession yeah, matters. Sure. Um, yeah, you every said that we have that every team forever. that took a running back in the first round made the Super Bowl. <laughs> Sure did. That's true. Ask him why he spells his last name. (laughs) That one hurts. You know what? The first two I weather that one. I'm only responding to take up airtime and see Josh's podcast schedule crushed again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let Seth hashtag let Seth cook. Um, Okay. All right. Um, Time of possession is key. All right. We'll be done with all this. I know we got a ton of stuff to talk about, but I do legacy stuff really is important. This is like, do we? Um, so yeah. one of the one of the things that that got mentioned by by Therese Paler and Charles Robinson on their podcast, which is always great. I they, Therese can say things that I can't say because he's cooler than I am. And I accept this because Therese is cooler than a lot of us. But he, he said that this is the dopest Super Bowl matchup that you could imagine. <laughs> this year. And see, you agree. I can't say that. Like, that's just not it's not in my my, hey, my milieu hey, of moves. Hey, hey man, <laughs> this is the dopest Super Bowl. Oh, my gosh. It's like he's on it the is, call. Hey, that is so scary, man. Seriously. Tom Brady. It's just like he's here with. I love the way he says Tom Brady when he gets excited. He does. Um, oh, my gosh. But it, it I'll, is, love, I'll love, sir. We love you. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Therese, Therese is the best. He was, he, was, he was kind to me when I was, you know, 
a blogger that had no idea about anything. And I mean, he's just been great. So, but it, that is so dead on. It's frightening. But it, this is good. legacy wise, this is the best Super Bowl you could ask for. It's a fun matchup too. So it really is. I probably would have preferred in terms of matchup, probably Rodgers versus Mahomes. Mm. That I think that's the only thing that I might have maybe preferred. But this is going to be awesome, too. And I think the Chiefs have a better chance to beat the Buccaneers than they do the Packers. That That's that oh, that's wow, where really? I'm coming from with this. Um, Interesting. How many interceptions did Tom Brady throw against the Chiefs? I believe it was two. Yes, sir. Uh, how many interceptions did he throw against the Packers? It was three. Yeah. Let me I'm just saying. To say, they're, they're yeah. gonna be, there's going to be chances. Uh, for for interceptions to be had if the Chiefs secondary, um, you know, plays up to what they're capable of. But I I was man that 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 Rodgers performance against the Rams I was sort of like they may not yep. even need to play next week and then and then he wasn't <laughs> as good you know which is why they play the games kids you know, they yep. schedule them the- they <laughs> show up they play you sometimes get. Weird outcomes that weren't really your fault because the coach made some questionable decisions. Yes. <laughs> well, and let me just here. I'll make my first bold prediction as we start to move towards Super Bowl coverage. Although there's still things about the Bills love game it. I'd love to talk about. But first bold prediction. If Tom Brady throws three picks, the Chiefs are I'm going to go with 99.9999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
the tweet with the link went out while you were talking about Juan Thornhill. So I, I just cracked it open. It's definitely up for everyone right now. It, there's just, there's a lot in there, so I won't get into it now. But like, I, I guess I'll start with this. If the Chiefs defense plays as well as it did against the Bills, I, I won't go to like the infinite nines like I did on Brady throwing <laughs> three picks. But I think I think if it plays as well as they played against the Bills, I think the Chiefs are about a 99% team to win. Because I just don't think I, I don't think Tom is in a place anymore where he can force things enough to score thirty against the defense playing like that. Like when it matters. And one thing worth noting, Josh Allen hadn't even thrown for two hundred yards until garbage time. Yeah. And when I say garbage time, we're talking seven minutes left and they're down by three touchdowns. It was yep. over. That game was so over. And they just did so many things. Juan Thornhill being back allowed Spagnolo to do things a little differently. Like, you know, I don't know, play cover zero with or just cover one with one safety over the top and no one else and knowing that it could be covered and then sending the house. He also was able to disguise coverages that initially looked like they're going to be running some kind of standard cover two and then shifted into man coverage with four guys and blitzing seven dudes. I mean, they they rotated guys all over the field. It was really impressive. Now, Brady's not going to be dazzled by that the way Allen was, but Brady also isn't going to escape from another four or five sacks like Josh Allen did. And so it's, they were playing, they're playing good. You know who else was flying all over the field? Uh, Anthony Hitchens, mm-hmm. who oh, interesting. he looks as good as he's looked as a chief, looks like he's moving super well. I mean, it, they just played really, really well. And I mean, they might be getting Willie Gay back. Yes. I just, yeah. I can't say enough about how well the secondary played. Um, it was such complimentary football. You know, the pass rush wasn't, it was better than it's been. But the secondary, and they just, and Romo talked about this during the broadcast, and it was like an every snap thing. He's not even to throw it to. Like Josh Allen just he yeah. they they covered so well for the first three seconds of every snap that Allen ended up under pressure way more than you would think. And so it was an awesome performance by the defense. I have a I have a usage question for you that I honestly like this just sort of slipped past me um until yesterday, I think it came up when we were talking about it on 810. Rudy and I were talking about it. Um but I was wishing I was like, oh yeah, I wish I would have asked Seth about this on Tuesday, but I have you now. Um Tyron Matthew and Dan Sorensen both played 100% of the snaps. Trevarius Ward and Bashad Breeland played all but one and three of the snaps, respectively. Um, and then Legereus Sneed played 66% of the snaps. Obviously, still got a lot of work. But but Thornhill, you know, we've talked about how good he looked. He played 77% of the snaps, mm-hmm. which is a big chunk, but he was clearly the third safety there. Yep. So I, I'm just curious, if, and you may not even have an answer for this. I really don't know. I'm putting you on the spot. But... But what do you make of how that usage split was was getting put out there? Because here, here's my thought process: is that whenever Thornhill is playing, he's a, he is at least at full health the the best free safety of the group, yes. or at least acknowledging that you'd rather have yes. Matthew doing other things, right? Um, and that he's a better free safety than than Sorensen. And it seemed like he was in that role a, a decent amount of the time. So was was Sorensen just always on the field, but then he would move up into a different role whenever Thornhill would come in, or was Thornhill getting moved around? How did that how did that end up playing out? And I guess Nate, if you have any info on it, I'd, I'd love that from both of you guys. Sure. Um, so Sorensen played multiple roles. He played more roles than Thornhill did. And Sorensen, his utility gets a little bit underrated because he's not great at certain things. And there are certain roles you don't want him in. But if you have him close to the line of scrimmage or play him in a hybrid linebacker role in coverage, he's a plus defender because most got most linebackers who are put in the positions he's put in aren't as fast as he is, right? Yes, right he's a better coverage right. guy than almost any other linebackers, than any linebacker is going to be. And so they moved him around to do that. They asked him to play cover two and sometimes asked him to be like the middle safety when they're playing like a variant of cover three or something. Almost never single high, which is good. You don't want him doing that. Because there was a pocket of time this year where he was playing some single high. Yes, and that's not his best use um, at all. And so what I would say is this, I think in part, they just really trust Sorensen to know every single part of the defense, but they are comfortable moving him around 
all over. And so basically when Thornhill would come in would be, you know, in these various and, and everyone has different terminologies, whether you want to call it like a, you know, some version of nickel, some version of dime. They were using him in that hybrid safety linebacker role and then sliding in Thornhill as a, as a, as a pure safety. So that's what I saw. And it, uh, it's a good way to use them. I would hope next year, if Thornhill gets fully healthy, he's going to be the guy taking 100% of the snaps. But I can't help but wonder yeah. if at this point, they're like, man, Thornhill's feeling good. What we're doing is working. There's no reason to get too crazy here when we got one game left. Yeah. The other thing, and then I'll, I'll kick it to you, Nate, but um, Hitchens played 70% of the snaps. A little low for your, you know, always on the field, Mike linebacker, dude with the, the green dot, you know. But he got 70% of the snaps. Next up was Ben Neiman at 37% right. of the snaps. Damian Wilson had 16% of the snaps. And those are the only linebackers that, that play. There were a couple of clips that I saw um, that got tweeted out later that I was looking closer. And I actually think it might have even been gifts from your, from the newsletter, Seth, where I was kind of doing a little look around and saying, oh, that's Sorensen. And then there's, are there any linebackers on the field right now? Or, or like there's Hitchens and Sorensen. And that's it, yep. isn't it? It, they were doing a whole lot of very light defensive packages from from the back seven. It looked like maybe. yeah, and some of that, of course, is because of the Bills personnel. Yep, um, which you have to account for just because Absolutely. they want to pass the ball more on first down than say what Cleveland did in in, in the divisional round. So it, it's understandable. And those and those snap counts were very different yes. from how they looked against Cleveland. Yeah. Absolutely. So one thing that I was just super fascinated in and. It's something that gives you the benefit of being in the press box, obviously, because, you, you know, you're watching the Live 22. You're kind of understanding, like, what each coach is thinking about as each sort of piece on the chessboard kind of moves. On a lot of these pre-snap plays from the defensive side, and I'm sure you noticed this, Seth, but it was almost like Tyron Matthew wasn't asked to do a ton post-snap. But pre-snap... His entire job was to get into Josh Allen's head. And it was it was really fascinating because he's like, okay, I'm over here. No, no, no. I'm going to I'm gonna, – well, I don't know. Maybe I'm dropping back. You don't know. I don't even know. And it was very – it was very fun to just sort of watch that play out, particularly in the first half because, like you're mentioning, Daniel Sorensen is kind of coming down in that, like, you know, our, you know, maybe eight to two spot on the – however far you're off the line of scrimmage. But, man, there are times where Tyron Matthew is deep. There's times where he's in the middle. There's times where it's like, I'm blitzing. Hey, hey, I'm blitzing. <laughs> and Josh is like, but, man, like, you're not really blitzing. Oh, my God, he's really blitzing. <laughs> and so I don't know how much of that works with, obviously, a young quarterback in his first championship game versus Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. But it was really interesting to know that, like, and I think Tyron even alluded to this after the game where he's like, hey, my job was a little less – there was a little less asked of me versus maybe Cleveland because, you know, they're playing a little bit more tight end heavy. You obviously have to run where the running backs are in all of this. Like, their route concepts are completely different from Buffalo, whereas if Sneed, Ward, Bashad Breeland, and I know I got, you know, uh, Juan on the back end, I can kind of, you know, I can kind of give all these looking all these certain looks. I can communicate in a different way. Um that maybe they are not aware of. And then when the snap happens, oh, I just have to tight end. That's just my job on the snap. <laughs> Where <laughs> it doesn't necessarily look that way, you know, as someone's motioning across the formation or they're maybe shifting, you know, on the bill side of it. So it's it's fun to know that, like, Tyron's gotten to this point now where he can just kind of do whatever he wants just because the secondary behind him is so good, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Seth, I'm admittedly kind of, uh, skimming the story right now. Cause I'm also trying to, you know, co-host a podcast. So it's really a degree of difficulty on this is not great for me. Um, but you, you have some stuff specifically about what they were doing in some third downs and how they were messing with Josh mm -hmm. Allen and, and showing him some different things. Um, I, I, without getting to the, the full end of this story, that is a concept that's very interesting to me. Did that, did that jump out to you as well? Then I imagine the different things they were doing on third down. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just, your phrasing confused me there. And can so I, that's can, fine. That's fine. A, I'm trying. My reading comprehension <laughs> while talking is dangerously. No, I, I, no, I, no, you're fine. You're fine. I was following you for a second. Then I was like, wait, what? Like, and, and that's okay. I was, I was Josh. I was also, I was also tweeting. Yeah. I was can, Josh Allen trying to figure out if uh, Tyron Matthews blitzing. Like, well, he's going to throw here, it to me now. No, not, not yet. But he, here, in a minute. Here. Wait, what did he say first? Um, so, let Nate in. Let he, Nate in. Nate wants in. Let Nate in. Here's a great example. I just I just want to say here's a great example because I'm actually looking at it right now on the All-22. I believe it's – I think it's first down, if my memory is correct. If it's first down, second quarter, Chiefs are starting to obviously make a run, um, and the Bills are like, cool, three wideouts, here we go. Here's how it plays out in Josh Allen's mind. Okay, I know what I have. This is single high with Tyron Matthew in the SD safety. All of a sudden, Dan Sorensen comes down to Cole Beasley – and it's like, cool, I guess he's got Cole Beasley, right? No. Yep. Tyron Matthew comes all the way across, kind of does this diagonal thing. Now we in too deep with Dan Sorensen as the other too deep safety. So now you're right. thinking, okay, too deep man. It's not too deep man. And it's this not. is the play where Traverius Ward should have had an interception because he gives the impression of man by his press coverage, but he sort of he sort of shades back. And Josh Allen never sees him. So, again, this is some of the explanation of, wait, you were supposed to be here, but now it's too deep. Okay, well, I've, right. when I've seen that before, that means too deep. Man, holy crap, that ain't too deep. Man, I almost threw a pick. So, right. that's how good they got um, when they really needed to be at their best. Obviously, as the Chiefs offense was sort of, you know, going into supernova mode. Um, but this, all these little things that they're doing where – I think by October they weren't moving nearly as much in the back end on pre-snap stuff where they're doing now, um, and it helps because they they played the Buffalo Bills in October where they did less of this than they did in the AFC Championship game. You ready? Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Continue, right. Seth. It's worth noting that they really gave Josh Allen trouble in that first matchup, too. Mm -hmm. uh, Spagnola's a good defensive coordinator. I'm so curious what he has in store for Brady. It's worth noting also, in the first half, they really, like, the Bucks could not move the ball on them in that Week 12 matchup. And then in the second half, they did a lot better job with their protections, started picking up some of those blitzes, and started to move the ball a little bit. Um, the, you, you nailed it, Nate. Like, with all that movement... And that's something that they were doing on a lot of snaps. And then one of the other things, you know, Josh talking about third down, I, I made sure to show two different third and long plays where they mm -hmm. played it totally different. You know, on one, you've got them playing that you've got them rushing four and dropping seven into, into a, basically a mixed coverage where you've got two guys playing or three guys playing man. You've got zone in the interior. It, it, it's, it's one thing I've been meaning to talk about for a while, and I'm not going to get too deep in the woods because it's out of my depth. Mm -hmm. It really just calling things cover three, cover two, cover one, or man or zone in today's world of mixed and pattern match coverages. Yes, is not super accurate. It, it's it's no. a simplified way of saying it. Absolutely, it's, it's Madden You're, version. <laughs> right, it's Madden version. You're often going to see the Chiefs play variance. You're going to see the Chiefs playing zone on one side of the field while they've got one guy matched up on the other side of the field. And the beauty of the Chiefs is that they are comfortable matching up their corners with anyone. Now, it doesn't mean, mm. you know, look, they, they other than Sneed, who I think has superstar potential, um, like legitimate superstar. I'm trying not to get too excited. I've been hurt before. <laughs> but man, that kid looks good. Um, they don't, you know, Breland, Ward, and, and Fenton, Breland's probably the one I would trust the most on a star receiver unless he's got like track speed, right? But they trust those guys to where they trust any of them on an island, any of four guys. That's unusual at the NFL level, right? And so they are able to mix and match things. And it's when you look at these two different third downs that I wrote about here, on one, they'll send four, play kind of a, a little bit of a zone on the interior, matching man on the outside. 
And then on the the next one, it's a third and long, same thing. And this time they load seven Mm. guys in the box and then send them all (laughs) while playing pure man on the four receivers that that the Bills have out there. It's it's just incredible how much they mix and match. You may have heard me say excellent point, Seth, somewhere in there because we lost lost you, but you kept going. And so I think this is all in the podcast. I'm sure that was great analysis, Seth. Thank you. That's what I thought was happening, so I powered through. You'd, yeah, it worked out. I get. I mean, I imagine. I don't know. You could have said something, and you're like, "Yeah," and that's. And then Breland speaks, uh, busted up through the middle, and hit <laughs> Matt Barkley right in the pocket. <laughs> and I would, we would have no way of correcting you. Uh, let me let me ask you guys about this then, because I, you know, if this is sort of the theme of uh, of today's show, it goes well with what you wrote, Seth, and it means we don't have to talk about. Uh, you know, the Chiefs reading Twitter for an, a full hour. So I'll 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 kind of have you guys pivot this direction, if you will. There's a lot of stuff there that I, I think sounds like Spags putting on a clinic against Josh Allen and and bothering him in a way where Josh Allen is neither a rookie nor is he stupid. Like he is, but he is a younger quarterback yeah, right. and Spags showed him a lot of stuff. He's also not Tom Brady yes. in terms of knowing what he's looking at and 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 then being able to diagnose, not just diagnose, but exploit it. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that that Spags would tell you that his best scheme has a weak spot somewhere, and and Tom Brady is typically really, really good at exploiting that unless you pressure him up the middle in 0.1 seconds, um, which maybe Chris Jones can say something mm-hmm. about. But uh, I'm I'm curious what you guys are thinking then in terms of, you know, all the success that the defense had here for all of these reasons and how great the coverage was and how the, very, how the schemes varied and, and, and they even varied in different situations or in similar situations. I mean, it, it just it seems like a real gold star game for Spags in, in the AFC Championship game. But the test is going to be very, very different for Brady. So what are you guys expecting in terms of, of what will translate and what won't? I imagine the personnel stuff, Seth, you know, you, you would still say they'll trust those guys against an even more talented Bucks uh, receiving core. But but how much will and how much won't translate? I think that you're going to see what what I think will translate is the personnel stuff, the, you know, the improvements of Juan Thornhill. That's a big deal. Again, I, I encourage every Chiefs fan to look at that Week 12 matchup, and that is huge. I cannot overstate why. Well, I mean, I could overstate, like, the <laughs> impact. Like, it will it literally— change the world yeah, It'll forever. literally guarantee victory. Um, but it, it changes so much about what they can do on defense. I think with with Tom, what I would like to see them do, and this is what's interesting, they talk a lot about the Chiefs sending the house constantly against the Bills, but they actually mixed it up fairly well. There were snaps where they were just sending four and dropping guys. And I think you're going to see more of that against Tom because the the, one thing with Tom is that you know, I like how you I like how you know him on a first name basis. I've really enjoyed the number of times you've just called him Tommy. Tommy boy. Hey, Tommy. Yeah, just Tom. Um, just a guy you've known for 10 years. So, yeah, I guess. I'm, I'm just comfortable with everyone. I'm the world's friend. So, with with Brady, sorry. You can, no, he, I, I, no, I, no, I didn't fine. mean to say anything. I just thought it was kind well, of funny. I'm self-conscious. I just wanted to point it out. And so now I just can't yeah, do call, it anymore. You, you um, should for, call him Tom. For Mr. I Thomas just to Brady. Point out that the, I, what's his middle name? I don't know. Otherwise, I'd have added it because I'm a jerk. But, I, so... Hold, well, hold, just hold on at this point. I'm going to interrupt. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Of course. Did you guys know he was a junior? Uh, he would be. I'm surprised he's not a third. Um, <laughs> Tom, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady the third would be. That would be epic. That would be a tough matchup. Yeah, that, yeah. that actually. Um, that, that, that would be intimidating. in your heart. <laughs> yeah, it really does. So, his dad will beat you up. But I guess in this case, his dad is Tom Brady. So that's true. Yeah, that is true. And so there's with, with with Brady, the thing has always been if you can pressure him, and this is true of a lot of quarterbacks, but some are less, um, you know, they're not bothered by it as much and you bother them in different ways, right? Um, you know, with Patrick Mahomes, you try to get him to leave the pocket early and then you 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 spy him really well, right? There's just different things that bother different quarterbacks. Uh, very few things bother Mahomes, but it's it's the closest thing to an example I have. With Brady, in games where he gets hit and knocked around, he can be bothered. He does not just keep coming. And so what they really need to do is find ways to get Jones in one-on-one matchups because yep. that interior line cannot handle him. So they need to they need to you know line him up a little bit wide, do things like that, and they need to pick their spots with blitzes while making sure that they've got tough coverage up front 
to keep Tom from just getting these easy dinks and dunks. They're going to really want to mind the running backs as well because I think Tom will do a better job. Hey, see, we're back to Tom utilizing yeah. his running backs. <laughs> what do you think, Nate? I think a lot of this will come down kind of to what has been mentioned earlier with Juan Thornhill. Um, you know, but I think Bashad Breeland will be a a massive player um, because he had an interception in the first matchup. Um, he does, you know, physically um, give the Chiefs a chance against Mike Evans. And it was so clear in the NFC championship that Mike Evans was physically better than everybody in the in the Packers secondary. And so yep. it was a matter of could Tom hit him accurately. Now, there was some some issues there at times, but the first touchdown pass was kind of the matchup of the day, which was, hey, that dude's taller and stronger and faster than y'all. So, like, let's let's go to him in the red zone. Um, if they can, it'll be, it'll be fascinating to know, because we'll know more information like a week from now, um, what's going on with Antonio Brown and, and sort of his knee situation, because that's sort of, Puts a lot of dependence on someone like Scotty Miller, of course. Um, again, Scotty Miller, Legarius Sneed, a matchup that is in football, Super Bowl heaven? Um, anyway, <laughs> this is kind of off my point. But Shot Breeland, though, is really fascinating to me because if he holds up well, that could force Tom to hold the ball, obviously, half second longer. Could help Chris Jones, Frank Clark, you know, Alex Okafor. People forget Alex Okafor had a sack against. The Buccaneers. So I'm sort of acknowledging some of the B stars, you know, the the, the B letter guys on the defense, guys like yep. Bashad. Hit Josh Breeland. Allen a few times too. Yeah, guys like Bashad Breeland, guys like Alex Okafor, because I assume, you know, wisely they should double team Chris Jones. You see if you can get away with Frank Clark on some chips, on some one on one matchups, um, depending on where you are in the down and the distance. And it really does come down to can Alex Okafor get some hits, some pressures. The last two times he's played Tom Brady, he has gotten a sack in both of those games, uh, or a sack in each of those games, I should say. And look, if you make Tom throw deep into tight windows, I still think the advantage is Chiefs, even though Mike Evans can, you know, just snatch a ball from you um, if given the opportunity. I like Chris Godwin. He's he's kind of been high and low very much in the playoffs so far. Um, I... I think Javarius Ward had his best game of the season. I don't know how against the Bills. I don't know how translatable that will be against the Pack against the Buccaneers, excuse me. But I do think for all the things Seth just mentioned, two players to keep an eye on are Bashad Breeland and Alex Okafor with a sprinkle, just a sprinkle of of uh of Willie Gay. Just just a sprinkle. Mm-hmm. Just He's he's trending in a positive direction based on this that, practice injury report, theoretical and 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 realistic. <laughs> <laughs> just a sprinkle of Willie Gay. Yep, just a sprinkle. And you can't forget, there's going to be two huge plays by Dan Sorensen. One that makes us say, <laughs> "Holy Trick cow!" Train. How? Yep. <laughs> and just and then I fully expect him. To I whatever it's going to be, I expect the Chiefs to bring him in on fourth and twenty as an emergency wide receiver and like you know throw a bomb <laughs> to him or something. There's almost no, there's almost nothing Dan Sorensen could do at this point to shock me. So I look forward to him doing it anyway. Dan Sorensen, yeah, I mean, Scotty Miller, third and gotta have it twelve. Oh. Who wins? <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh, that hurts so much. What win in the game is it? Win Fourth the game quarter, four minutes on Sorenson, the clock. Dirty Dan. Third and oh, gotta have it. Twelve. I will take you. Yeah. You give me Dan Sorensen against peak Randy Moss with four minutes to go in the fourth quarter. That's right. That's right. But Dan. But Dan Sorensen lined Sorenson up. It's Dan Sorensen whose hand is raising up, not Randy Moss. Absolutely. <laughs> but if it's in, but if it's in the first quarter, you line Dan Sorensen up in the slot against me, and I'm betting on myself. Yeah. But in the fourth quarter. He is a man who giveth and taketh away. <sighs> uh, also, I should note that there was a report. Uh, I believe Diana Rossini had this first, that both Le'Veon Bell and Sammy Watkins are expected back. Uh, I think we we uh, supposed as much yes. last yeah, episode. Yeah. If not, we've definitely tweeted about it and stuff. But that, that's something else to keep an eye on. Sounds like Willie Gay, Sammy Watkins, Le'Veon Bell could all be returning. Um, having Watkins back will be nice. And that's something that I bet we'll talk about next episode. But this is the end of this one. Uh, in fact, I think next week's first episode, we may do a little Super Bowl mailbag. Mm. So 
Um, you can tweet. Here's what I'll here's what I'll ask. Please, please, please. We get tweets every time, and it's so hard to keep track of all of them. If you uh, tweet at at least me at JB Briscoe, because I I'll compile them all. Please also use the hashtag TimesRs. T i m e s o u r s or Time Sours if that's easier. If you use that hashtag and you tag me at JB Briscoe, I'll be able to, to compile all those and um, bring them that way. I'll tweet about it as a reminder sometime uh, this weekend or early next week, and and you can send them in there as well. But if you if you come up with a question in the next couple of days, tweet at JB Briscoe. Use the hashtag Time Sours, and uh, and you'll officially submit your question. Can't guarantee that we'll read it but you can definitely guarantee that I will see it and uh, it'll be submitted into the pool. Uh, you can also read more from Seth, not just a new story up on The Athletic right now, but go check that one out first. Then you can go check out the uh, Chief of the North newsletter as well, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. Nate, you're going to be headed to Tampa before too terribly mm-hmm. long, and you can follow Nate on Twitter for all the reports all the way up through the Super Bowl at by Nate Taylor. How'd I do, guys? Anything else? You did great, but just know. Thanks, Nate. Just, just know. Um... Place your prop lets on Scotty Miller and Dan Sorensen. <laughs> Start it now.